0: All right, we are going to shift gears a little bit and take a look at what is happening in correctional facilities in B.C. in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. And many people asking the question now, should nonviolent offenders be released from prison? Let's bring in Jennifer Metcalf, Executive Director at Prisoner Legal Services. Jennifer, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, do you have any updates as far as we know? Uh, there have been some cases or one uh, cases at the Okanagan Correctional Facility. Do you know of any other facilities at this point where we have seen people testing positive for COVID-19?
1: Um, not in British Columbia, but I understand there was were some cases at the Toronto South Detention Centre. And there have been some cases federally as well
0: in Quebec and oh. Ontario, I believe. All right. What are you calling for then? What would you like to see uh, specifically done at BC Correctional Facilities?
1: Yeah, um, we've been calling for um, decarceration efforts of um, people who are um, considered to be nonviolent and safe to to be released into the community. Um, I guess, you know, prisons are contained units except for the staff who are coming and going. And so... um, Although BC Corrections has implemented a number of protocols to try to ensure people's safety, um, the reports that we're getting from our clients in custody in BC is that often staff are not following those protocols. And so the prisoners are extremely vulnerable. Um, We know that prisoners' um, status of health is poor compared to the general population in Canada. There are high rates of addiction and um, compromised immune systems among prisoners the age of prisoners is getting higher so there are a lot of um people who are over the age of 50 which isn't old in the community but for prisoners whose health is usually compromised 50 is considered the cutoff for um, being considered an older person whose health might be compromised um so we'd like to see the release of um especially people in those categories that are highly vulnerable
0: and what are you hearing so far, Fred? I understand uh, that the Ministry for Public Safety in B.C. is uh, looking at that, is doing a risk assessment uh, for nonviolent people that are in prisons. Uh, what are you hoping? Is that enough or are you hoping for more?
1: Um, yeah, we're we're pleased with the efforts that have been made, um, but we are concerned that it's not going far enough. Um, yeah, like we need to see major decarceration. Right now, many provincial prisoners are double bunked, so they're sharing a cell with another prisoner. So when they're be told, being told to practice social distancing of keeping six feet apart, um, that's really impossible. When the person in the bunk above you, you can reach up and touch their bed. So um, like it's really impossible to practice social distancing in prison Um, As far as staff go, we're hearing reports that staff are going out um, on their breaks and coming back with Tim Horton, so they're not um, isolating in the community. Um, They're coming and going, and then um, we're hearing that they're not wearing gloves when they're um, conducting cell searches. So we had a client say that five officers were in his cell touching everything without gloves, and then he has to go back and live in it. Um, That. You know, prisoners aren't given hand sanitizer because um, the prison officials are concerned that some people might drink it because of the alcohol content. Um, But that's putting everyone at risk where they're not able to protect themselves that way. Um, Reports of people going into um, video rooms for bail hearings and things like that, um, where the room isn't being wiped down between people in the room. And so people are using phones that have been used by other people without them being wiped down. So we know that there have been direction to do things like cleaning surfaces more frequently, but the reports that we're hearing is that they're not they're not being done consistently.
0: Uh, So wouldn't the solution, though, in in many of those cases be to bring in more stringent cleaning, uh, uh, a cleaning regimen, a commercial cleaning regimen to try and distance people and to fix that? Because the public response that I'm seeing in many cases to this is, well, aren't these people incarcerated for a reason? And just because there's a pandemic that's completely separate from this, why should they be released because of something happening in the world that has nothing to do with why they're in prison?
1: Well, people didn't get a death sentence. Um, nobody in Canada gets a death sentence. Provincially, people are in for pretty minor charges. Their sentences are for um, crimes that would attract a sentence of less than two years. So um, I believe the majority of people in provincial custody are in on nonviolent offenses. Um, so when we're talking about the risk of to people's lives being so high... Um, It's sort of people have drawn the analogy of the cruise ships where um, people are in this contained environment where if the virus spreads, it's going to get out of control because staff are not confined to the prison. It's going to come back into the community. So it's really putting everyone at risk. Uh,
0: And what about pretrial centers where there will be people who have been charged with violent crime that are being housed in pretrial?
1: Well, I think at this point, the calls are not for people who are a safety risk to the community in terms of violence to be released, but by depopulating the prisons of people who can safely be released, it'll allow, it'll increase the safety of everyone. So people will be able to um, have a uh, room to themselves instead of having to be double bunked and um, You know, just with fewer people inside, it will make it easier to practice safe social distancing and cleaning and all of those precautions.
0: And for the people, then, if this was to happen for uh, the low risk, nonviolent offenders uh, that would be released, uh, is the call that they be released into the public? Because my guess is there would be issues then as well with family members. If they were going to stay with family, uh, there would be a risk there. Do they need to self-isolate, self-quarantine, or do they even have a place to go?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess unfortunately a lot of people don't have a place to go. So there have been um, parallel calls for increasing resources for people in the community to ensure that they have um, housing and places where they can go. Um, My understanding for the people who have been released is that they're um, there to be confined in their homes. Um, So, you know, so far um, it has, there's been the one case in um, the Okanagan Correctional Centre. But these efforts need to happen before the virus um, gets out in the prison. So at this point, people are relatively safe to be following the same public health advice that um, people in the community are following by staying in their homes as much as they possibly can. Um, And then they might have conditions that, that would require them to stay in their homes. Um, If they're living with other people, then the advice is to not share washrooms and try to stay separate um, until 14 days have passed. So I would expect that the same rules would apply to prisoners.
0: Right. Would you be okay with an idea, say somebody suggested uh, by releasing somebody early, uh, that the releases made if that was the decision that they wear a monitoring device uh, when they're released into the community?
1: Yeah, I mean, those those provisions are already available. So if there is a concern about someone's safety, um, then that's something that could be used that might um, help the public feel more comfortable with it.